How's it going, guys? We're here with the 38th episode of Fear Frequency. And for our new listeners, this is basically a weekly horror podcast where two best friends round up all the horror news that's actually worth caring about. And then we always review a movie or two to give you something to watch every week. I'm your host, Jimmy Champagne. And I'm George Fazard. If you're a new listener, we'd really, really appreciate it if you guys gave us a review on iTunes, and we will read them on the show. And this week, we have a new five-star review to read. This week's review is from Something Ghoulish. He gave us five out of five stars, and he said, Fear Frequency, unlike a majority of other horror podcasts currently, don't just review horror films. It's refreshing to have conversation about current events regarding the horror community from a fan perspective. You can tell both hosts are longtime horror fans and you can easily put yourself in their shoes. I'm always on the lookout for new horror content and I hope to see Fear Frequency grow in the coming years. Yeah, we hope so too. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. It is growing. It's growing really well, actually. We're killing it. Yeah. We're doing good, George. That was really yeah. nice of you, something ghoulish. Yeah, th- great review. Thanks for going on there and reviewing it. I hope that's your real first and last name. You're like a living <laughs> Goosebumps book. I hope that's on the birth certificate. Something <laughs> ghoulish. <laughs> and then his middle name's like Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Something Rick ghoulish. <laughs> so, um, George, where can they reach us? Uh, yeah, you can also reach us via email at uh, fearfrequencypodcast at gmail.com. And uh, if you send us an email, we will read the message on the show. Yeah, so this week, we're coming at you live from the dark web. We have some news stories about the Predator, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Glass, and of course, a review of Unfriended Dark Web. But before we get into that, I'm getting an incoming transmission from Haddonfield, Illinois. It sounds like our friend, Dr. Sam Loomis, is dying once again, which means we have a Halloween alert. We got a big Halloween alert this week, dude. My YouTube channel, woo, it's been killing it. (laughs) lots going on san diego comic-con was kind to me so the first thing we have to talk about there was a san diego comic-con exclusive poster and i was irritated because it's pretty damn cool and i was like i'm not gonna get this but turns out i had a friend at comic-con who got it for me but it's pretty sweet it's like hand drawn Uh, i don't really like the logo on it but it's this cool like shot up from the ground of michael stabbing down it reminds me of uh the pie poster yeah, you see a lot of the trees with the, you know, dead leaves and the old branches coming off of it. It looks very, like, Salem-esque for the yeah. setting, which is cool. It looks so good that it looks like he drew over a picture, but I don't think he did because I haven't seen this shot anywhere. It's just a really good, 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 good-looking uh, poster, and it's by Bill. His name is Bill. Good old Bill. Always <laughs> count on Bill. By artist Bill... Sankowitz. Sankowitz? Sankowitz. That's that's probably how you say it, right? Close enough. Bill Sankowitz. You did a good job, buddy. Do you know what the size is on that? Um, no. Probably like average poster size. Yeah, but they're really Looks, cool. It's- I would hope it's a big movie one. Actually, all the ones I've ever gotten from Comic-Con have been the like 48 inch by something like 70 inch or whatever that mm. the big the letterbox size poster you know like okay. from the movie yeah. theater right uh i got a few from com the last two comic cons that were that size so i would guess it's pretty big i don't yeah. have mine yet <laughs> but the way you got them was michael like the halloween account would tweet out hey the shape is at this cross street and then you'd go there and the shape would give you a poster That'd be kind of terrifying, don't you think? Like, <laughs> yeah. see this. It sounds pretty fun, though. I'm so bummed I didn't go to Comic Con. I can't miss it ever again. No. I'm gonna go next year. It seemed like this was a bad year to miss too, with all this news coming out of it. Yeah, well, you know, I just read a synopsis of uh, what they showed at the panel on camera, and still did pretty well. So, came out on top. But NECA, <laughs> our friends at NECA, they revealed their ultimate Michael Myers figure, and whoo, it's good, dude. I like yeah. it. Yeah, this it, is really a cool figure. It looks people, so movie accurate, and the movies that oh are Oh, God. Out. Yeah, and people are like, oh, you can see the joints. It's like, dog, their figures cost like 25 bucks. You can't even, beat it. Even so, they're disguised well enough. Like, it's not yeah. like there's a huge, like, indent on the elbow or anything. It's all kind of, like, ruffled in with the jumpsuit. I did a whole video on this, right? Yeah. <laughs> one of the, one of the accessories is a guy's head with a jack-o'-lantern face carved into it. And I was like trying to speculate on who it is, blah blah blah. Turns out I've already seen who it is. 
when I remember uh, when we talked about the Rue Morgue article, uh-huh. there's a fucking picture of the, that cop dead in that article, which I've stared <laughs> at for like hours <laughs> and I just forgot. <laughs> I, I had no like no memory of it and then after i posted the video of course i was like fuck that's who it is it's that damn cop but anyways it comes with the guy's head the cop's head which is carved into a jack-o'-lantern pretty cool comes with the jack-o'-lantern with heart eyes that jenny gardner's character is holding at in an instagram photo she posted uh it comes with two heads for michael and uh, knife in the Judith Myers gravestone. So I think he's going to steal that again in this movie, which is yep. kind of hilarious, right? <laughs> I mean, you back in that. Haddonfield, got to get my tombstone from my sister's grave. Right. He's like, number one, go get the tombstone. <laughs> number two, put it on my back. I don't know. Carry it like <laughs> multiple miles away. Uh, yeah. So Alex from Broke Horror Fan, our friend of the show, he asked uh, Randy from NECA if. They had the overall Halloween license, and it turns out it's just for this movie. But they went ahead and made sure Michael looks exactly like he did in the original, just with an older, more gritty mask. So I'll take this. Like I'll t- I'll count this as a win. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna get this when it when it drops. Still want that Living Dead doll, dude. <laughs> that thing is both cute and horrifying at the same time. So Blumhouse had their own San Diego Comic Con panel. That's another big news story, and they showed off the new trailer for Glass, which impressed the hell out of me i i had very tempered expectations for that movie and it came out pretty good like i thought the trailer was great uh-huh i agree i thought that was a good trailer um i'm not the biggest fan of uh what's the original split? movie not split the oh, um, unbreakable yeah unbreakable yeah i didn't uh, love it either i went back and watched it after split and i was like oh, that, was all, that was all right yeah i mean i think unbreakable is okay like uh i think that the last action sequence is like very much a letdown but uh i thought the reveal oh, was completely. good like the, tw- the twist is really good and it's cool to see sam jackson come back you know in the role of glass like all the posters and the trailer look great for this so i'm happy to see i'm night Shyamalan kind of get his footing back since he was on quite the downturn for a while there yeah he did the visit which was pretty good and then you know split was great uh, the problem, which I, I think I brought this up before, the problem that makes me like kind of temper my expectations for Glass is that I think the reason The Visit and Split were so good is because they gave him such a limited budget. They didn't really let his imagination run so wild. But Glass has a pretty big budget. So, uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll see how it turns out. It looked good. It looks like it was shot in the fall, which is great. There was some good scenery in that trailer. Uh, and it, it looks like The Beast is gonna be pretty cool on this one and they're bringing back anya taylor joy's character which i really liked yeah so it's gonna be kind of interesting to see how they mesh um those stories together but uh it looks cool i'm excited for it for sure yeah but this is the halloween alert so like the way that ties into halloween is after that they showed a new halloween trailer but like we feared they did not release it but what happens in it is basically there's a one take of michael going door-to-door killing people. So he walks into a garage, grabs a hammer, goes into the house. There's, like, a lady eating a sandwich. He knocks her on the head and takes a knife, like, falling down style. Goes outside, sees two teens get into a car, and then he's like, ooh, I'm gonna get these teens. And then he hears kids trick-or-treating again. So he gets distracted, goes into the next-door neighbor's house, and it cuts to her, or he comes up behind the neighbor uh, looking out of the blinds and then he smashes her head through the window and kills her and uh, then we get to see a bunch of shit we've already seen but it sounds cool i like i wish i saw it no one yeah. recorded it no one posted a leak <laughs> nothing it was hopefully, bizarre yeah hopefully it drops in like the next couple of days or weeks because i hope it, so man it's I mean, not I, like <laughs> it's just stupid I, I don't i don't like that it's like hey you get you paid to see paid to come to comic-con you get to see the trailer especially because it was in hall h and i you never you never in a comic-con so why would you know this so basically people camp out outside to get into hall h uh-huh. so, so it fills up fast so if you get in there at like nine in the morning you're gonna stay all day so a lot of the people in the hall h panels end up just being people who are hanging around and it's not even like actual fans mm. now, i did the same thing i wanted to see the walking dead panel last year or two years ago so i sat through game of thrones which i like i've never seen that show 
and I don't give two fucks about it, but I sat through the panel just so I could see Walking Dead because I somehow got into Hall H, you know? Right. So it's like they're rewarding people who paid money to come to Comic-Con, and then they're rewarding the people who are in Hall H. That's such a small chunk of your fan base who really wants to see this trailer, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that that would just do huge numbers online if they were to release a new trailer for this because the hype is so huge around yeah. Halloween. So It's great. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting for that to drop personally because I'd love to see that. Yeah, and then of course, no one, nobody asks Jamie Lee Curtis anything about the new trailer. They ask her these softball, dumbass questions <laughs> that we, that if, if they Googled for five seconds, you could get the answers to already because they've been out there for months. It's like, oh, does this one bring in any of the other movies? No, it, it doesn't bring in any of the movies because that hasn't been beaten over everyone's head enough. Oh, uh, so does does uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, does your character have a relationship with her daughter? No, she doesn't have a relationship with... It's like th- every question we already knew the answer to is what got asked. <laughs> Seriously, it's so stupid. But uh, I really hope they put out that trailer soon because I want to see it. Yeah, me and too. Then the last uh, Halloween alert news we have, Death Waltz Records is going to take all my money. That's the headline. They're <laughs> releasing... The soundtracks for every Halloween one through five actually on vinyl. So, but if you buy four and five together this week when they release on Wednesday, uh, you get a slip cover that gets to hold all five if you buy them. So, Man. like, I, I want to buy them all. Like, if I had a record player, I'd probably buy them all. You could buy them an insurance policy for getting a record player. That's true. One could beget the other. It's just, I feel like it'd be really cool to have all f- the first five Halloween soundtracks remastered on vinyl with original art on each one and then having a slipcover. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, to have them be combined in, you know, a very tasteful way like that just seems, you know, and, and the soundtrack obviously is amazing. The first two are, well, the first, first two scores are Carpenter. Yeah. The other... First three. Yeah, Carpenter did for three as well, so... And, and the scores and of four, four and five, and five are, have good soundtracks too. Yeah, actually, I, mean, I don't remember five having. I don't remember five soundtrack at all. I remember four for sure did though. Yeah. So, I mean, at the very least, you get four pretty amazing soundtracks. Yeah, totally, dude. Like, with a I bunch think of great art. And Death Waltz is owned by Mondo, but they don't really charge Mondo prices. I, they're usually pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. So I seriously might get all these. And they were smart by making sure that the first ones were four and five. And those are the ones you have to buy to get the slipcover. Because right. I feel like if they did one and two, people would get one and two for the slipcover. But then put it backwards on their shelf and just keep one, two, and three in there and miss four and five. Yeah, exactly. I think <laughs> So those you got to definitely... buy the ones that... <laughs> People probably wouldn't buy to get the slipcover. That's smart. Right. I don't know. It comes out uh, Wednesday, July twenty fifth. You can buy four and five. So I yeah. probably will be buying them. I'll 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 probably give myself that as a birthday present. Yeah, it comes out on your birthday on Wednesday. Right. George is going to be twenty five. Everyone, <laughs> he's going to be twenty five on July twenty fifth. Just like a, that. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Quarter of we're a not century. we're not hanging out though because we live a country apart. It's pretty sad. <laughs> so. That's it for the Halloween uh, alert this week. Hopefully, there's not a dead week between now and October. We're only a couple months late, couple months away. By the time you're listening to this, you're 87 days away from the new Halloween, and 99 days away from Halloween, the holiday. It's gonna be big. We got big stuff coming in uh, September and October. Yeah, but getting into the news, we got even bigger news for this fall. Joe Bob is coming back again. Shutter tweeted out. Due to the overwhelming demand, we're bringing Joe Bob Briggs back later this year. Stay tuned for details. The drive-in will never die. And that's awesome because you know it's going to be around Halloween. Yeah, I would love to see a fresh, like another Joe Bob drive-in style yes. like they just did. On... That's not somber and sad. Right. Like, this one was bittersweet, it felt like, the whole time. Because, I mean, like, the information was great. And it was great to see Joe Bob come back. And he killed it, obviously. But it was like... It was sort of sad that it felt like it was his last one, you know? That it was like, man, we're never going to get anything like this again. So, now that they're going to do another one, this one might have a little more positive energy to it. And it's a little more uh, closer to what the original Monster Vision show was, since it was kind of more around that, you know, that season. So, it'll be cool to see 
what movies that they pick and see a little bit of extra. Maybe it gives Joe Bob a little more power over what movies get brought into Shutter, so we can talk about them. Hopefully, uh, this ends up with them buying rights to more movies because he kind of cleared them out. He did like Reanimator, yeah. Hellraiser, <laughs> Peace, Rabbit, all these movies that everyone knows about. He could do the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Creep Show too. I'm sure those will show up in the next one, but. Uh, a lot of their high-profile movies have been watched. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even... Like, everything he picked was kind of... I mean, there were some some deep cuts in there, too, but uh, it'd be cool to see some little little more obscure picks in there, too, for this next one, if it comes around, hopefully, you know, in October. Yeah, so uh, I'm really excited about that. And speaking of Shudder, if anyone wants to watch Joe Bob Briggs' Last Drive-In for free... You just sign up for Shutter and use the code Jimmy. They gave me a special code to get 30 days free to the service. And then you can just catch up for free. All right, so next up on here, we have a fan clip. The first clip from a new Friday the 13th fan film called Voorhees. And, you know, we, we don't really talk about fan films on here, but this guy seemed pretty cool. He left it in a comment on my YouTube channel, and I watched it. And I honestly, I think there's some promise here. You know, like... You can definitely tell it's a fan film. The acting is a little shaky, and a lot of the shot work is overexposed, but the gore is really good, and uh, the Jason looks great in it. Yeah, it looks like there's a lot of attention to detail when it comes to the Jason uh, mask and everything. I think it looks... Mm -hmm. That is definitely where I think probably a lot of the budget was spent, and that's, you know, the right place to spend it if you're making a fan film about Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Yeah. so I think that looks good. I mean, like you said, some of the acting is a little cheesy because it feels kind of like because it is a fan film, and I mean nothing against a fan film, but you know it, it's not. You can't really afford the best actors when you are making one of these things. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I think it could be kind of fun. Um, the makeup is good too. I think, yeah. I, I, like all the FX work, like the makeup and the blood is great. Uh, the color. The only things I criticize so far are the color work and the exposure needs a little bit of touching up, but. Compared to, like, uh, Womp Stomp Films, uh, what was that one? Uh, Never Hike Never Alone. Hike Alone the yeah. really good one. You know, it feels about quality-wise on par with that. And Yeah, we the, love that. Yeah, we fucking love that. That was great. <laughs> the plot synopsis is, after pulling off the perfect heist, a dangerous crew of thieves flee town to the seclusion of the nearby woods. All they have to do is make it through the night so they can get away clean, but their sadistic leader has taken them to the long-deserted Camp Crystal Lake, a place that is no longer on any maps and for good reason. So, you know, they're doing something really original with it, actually. That's a cool idea, I think, and uh, I'll keep an eye on it. I don't know. I'm interested after watching this. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely watch it. I think it looks like it'd be pretty fun. Yeah, so go check that out. Just go on YouTube and search Voorhees, and it'll come right up. They have a Facebook group, too, I think. And then, anyways, moving on back to SDCC, Predator footage was shown off, and apparently it was really good. Of course, Fox did, didn't release it, which is kind of dumb on their part because I feel like that's what they need to do to get people psyched, if, especially if it was as good as people are saying. Yeah, I feel like this, got, this movie has like some bad press around it at this point because the first the trailer, trailers suck ass. Yeah, like the trailers that they've shown aren't great. And people are kind of worried about, you know, how are you going to bring back this kind of beloved franchise? So you'd think that if they wanted to build some goodwill with everyone, they'd release these trailers if they're that good to everybody. Yeah. uh, I don't really get that. But it's nice to hear that it's better than we're giving it credit for, you know? Yeah. Apparently it's funny. Like, they, there's a part they showed where Olivia Munn's character is asleep on a motel bed, and they're trying to, like, make her feel comfortable, so they're just putting snack. Like, the army guys are putting snacks around her. <laughs> <laughs> like, we gotta just, you know, make her feel comfortable. <laughs> like, that's pretty funny. Uh, apparently you get to see the uber predator punch in the regular predator's face. Like, smash its skull in. That's kind of cool. Why, I don't know why that part wasn't in the trailer. Yeah. They, show, they show it. They just cut away at the part where people would probably like it. Uh, but this one's set up to be a trilogy if it does well, too. So, I don't know. I hope they release something, like a better trailer that has some of this footage that was so positively talked about. Yeah, and uh, I, I think we've said it before, but Shane Shane Black, who's directing it, is a really 
you know, well-accomplished and good director. Yeah, like, he's so, a pro- prolific dude. Yeah, so, I mean, it it feels like it's it was in good hands with him as a director, but just those two trailers, I don't know what it was, if it just... Uh, they just picked bad clips or <laughs> or what, but... Um, yeah, and they're giving him the money to fix the things that aren't working out, too. They're, they let him reshoot a big portion of the film and take out a lot of the stuff that wasn't testing well. So Fox, obviously, is committed to making sure this does well, too. Yeah, and so that's all good news. Obviously, it's good to hear that you know what they're showing is good, and they are doing reshoots to you know cut the fat a little bit. So I'm I'm getting more excited for it as it gets closer to the release. Me too. And so next up on here, there's a game that I've been kind of keeping up with. I play it quite a bit. It's called The Hunt Showdown. Uh, Crytek's making it, and it's it's a really cool game. We've talked about it a couple times. And they've actually held true to their roadmap of patch updates. So they just patched the game and added in some new stuff. They added in suppressed guns and a bunch of different crossbows. And they did light optimization and fog effects were added in. I checked it out. I ended up playing for like four hours on Saturday. And it's pretty, it's pretty good. They, they did a lot of opti- optimization work, which is important because the game runs in CryEngine. So it's like really right. taxing. Yeah. Like I, can, <laughs> I can get 30 frames per second max settings locked in 1080p with my 1070. So your mileage may vary on your performance, but the game is really good. Yeah, this is one I've been meaning to check out, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, the, the idea seems really cool, and I love the aesthetic of it, so... Um, I'll, I'll probably have to check it out now that they that they are actually supporting it the, the way they said that they were going to. Yeah, originally I thought it was one of those games where when, once it comes out of early access, it's going to be free to play, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's just it's going to be a full price game. So if you buy in now, it's only thirty bucks, which is pretty cool because uh, it, it is fully featured right now. Like it's a full game. Yeah, it's the only totally problem playable. is uh, they only have two monsters to hunt. It's a big spider and a butcher, but they really did some work on making the gunplay feel better mm-hmm. so every complaint the community has they're like directly addressing which i think is important yeah definitely especially in the early stages of a game like this when it's still in early access it's it's good to know that the community feedback doesn't fall on deaf ears yeah totally so i just want to let people know about that that crytek is actively like patching this game and working on it and it's pretty good if you want to check it out it's only on computer though so you got to get it on steam and then next on here they put out a new full trailer for the Purge TV show, and it looks pretty good. A lot better than that other trailer. <laughs> Do you watch it? Yeah, um, it, it does look good. Um, but a lot of a lot of cool stuff in there, like uh, a lot of violence-based stuff. Apparently, there's people who are like giving themselves to the Purge. We've saw that in other Purge movies, where the I think the dad and Anarchy of like the two daughters who are main characters, he sacrificed himself so they would be taken care of monetarily after Uh the purge yeah we saw that but it gets a little creepier in this like it's young girls in white dresses sacrificing themselves to the purge yeah because i mean all crime is legal you know (laughs) so it's like what is it gonna be it's just it's interesting like i'd love to see how they're gonna handle that because i feel like there's a lot of easy ways for that to go wrong yeah um this is an interesting one since the movie they just released was so bad. Um, it's like, you know, I don't know how close the, you know, the, they're working with the TV show and the, the movies and vice versa. Like, if they're sharing writers, if they're sharing, you know, anything. But I don't know. Like, I don't really want to get my hopes up for it after seeing how bad the last movie was. So oh, right, right. Um but, I mean, the trailer does look good. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to lie to myself. I am going to probably check it out when it's on. Yeah, like, I'm going to check it out. It's going to be on <laughs> USA. It looks on par visual quality-wise with the movies, which... Actually, this one looks better than... This show looks like it has better effects than the first Purge. Yeah, well, that's, from not, this that, trailer. that's not that hard to do. Yeah, it looks on par from with my memory of 2 and 3. Um, but, I don't know. I thought it was a cool trailer. Yeah, I liked it too. I it'd be kind of it'd be cool to see it recover after that movie and kind of yeah bring well that bring mo- back that movie faith. made money so I I just think we're we're just too, yeah but I don't we're not I don't too even critical think... we were really critical <laughs> yeah I mean that's true and I think that the show is gonna do pretty well since a lot of people do go and see the purge I think that that will translate to good numbers when it's actually playing on TV. 
Yeah, and the dust has settled a little bit. I still hate that movie, but like thinking about it, I did like the first three purges. So if they can course correct back to the quality level of those, I think I'll be happy with this. Yeah, I, I'm right on board with that. Um, so I don't want to write it off completely, but at the same time, I don't want to get my hopes up for it. Yeah, and, exactly. And be disappointed. So next on here, uh, we got the plot synopsis for Annabelle 3. It kind of came out of Comic-Con, but no one really... It, it kind of like just slipped by me, but it seems really cool. So the, the new Annabelle movie is going to take place in modern day, and Annabelle is going to bring all of the artifacts in the Warren's museum, museum to life. And the weird thing about this is David F. Sandberg is working on Shazam. And so this time around, Gary Doberman is directing and writing. He's not just writing. So I don't know. I think this looks cool. It comes out next summer. Yeah, that's a really interesting uh, plot to work around because, you know, we see all those trophies that the Warrens have collected over the years in that that special storeroom. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's sort of funny that it's, Almost like a similar plot to uh, the oh the, the, the new haunted Goosebumps. Halloween yeah yeah like <laughs> where basically the the number one living doll comes back to resurrect all of their creators like other things yeah so, so it's like an adult version of uh Hall- or um, Goosebumps two which is sort of funny but y- yeah in my head Goosebumps one was better than I thought it would be and uh, the Annabelle franchise is the first one was pretty good i thought and then the second one is amazing so i'd rather annabelle tackle this idea than the goosebumps (laughs) franchise um i mean the only thing that sort of worries me is it might get crowded if they try to resurrect every single thing in there because it's like a huge room with all these you know like a ton of artifacts in it and it'd be hard to give both like a story to annabelle and even like 15 artifacts from that room so (laughs) i hope uh zach baggins makes a cameo he has a long-standing uh rivalry with annabelle after the original (laughs) annabelle was brought on ghost adventures (laughs) so i feel like they kind of owe it to zach baggins to let him be in this film at some capacity let him him clear the air a little bit (laughs) let him take on annabelle (laughs) one-on-one like he's always wanted no hold hard Come on, Gary Doberman, you coward. Make it happen. <laughs> it's just Zach Baggins with his prism glasses on. With, like a, <laughs> with a raggedy end. All he's just like, come on. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> your energy isn't dark enough for me. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'm excited for Annabelle. I hope my boy Zach Baggins is in it. He liked yeah. one of my tweets, and I thought about it for like three days. <laughs> But yeah, um, I I think the plot does sound interesting, and I I really like the second Annabelle, so... Yeah, that movie's so good. Yeah, so I think if it's that same level of quality, then this is, uh, you know, it's executed well, and this will be a a good addition to the Conjuring cinematic universe. I always forget that the Conjuring CU, the CCU... The CCU. Is not a Blumhouse thing. Like, it just feels so good that it should be a Blumhouse thing. Yeah. But it's not. This is Warner Brothers. I think it's because Insidious is a Blumhouse thing. And that's... Uh, I connect that with the Conjuring universe because of James Wan. Right. But I don't know. Speaking of trailers, did you watch that trailer for Godzilla King of the Monsters? Yes, I did. holy shit, was that <laughs> the best trailer I've ever seen in my life. It is really visually stunning. That trailer was amazing. Uh, Yeah, dude fucking rodan how do you make rodan look cool they did it you know who looks great mothra mothra is so cool in it that trailer just has like art and yeah. they there's an easter egg in it they put the pazuzu statue in there oh really i didn't yeah. notice that so that's cool i how do you what is there to criticize really the monsters look like they're gonna be you know they look amazing it's it's weird to think that the 2014 Godzilla was, you know, at, at a level of quality that, you know, visually it was interesting, but no one really liked mm-hmm. it plot-wise, and there wasn't enough Godzilla, and it was all just kind of so muddy. But it looks mm-hmm. like they took a, all that criticism, and they've completely course-corrected, and this looks awesome. Yeah, it totally does. Kyle Chandler looks great in it. I think it's cool that him and Vera Farmiga, they seem like a good couple. 
you know, yeah. on screen. Mm-hmm. And I was getting Super 8 vibes from some of the shots of him in the trailer. It feels like it has that, you know, that tone. Like the lighthearted 80s E.T. style tone, you know? Yeah, I, I can totally see that. And uh, that's really big right now. Obviously, everyone's trying to get some of that 80s nostalgia just because yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. selling like hotcakes right now. So uh, it looks cool. I'm really excited for it. Mm-hmm. So next up on here, Shudder is bringing back Creepshow. Which, if you have not seen Creepshow, you need to fix yourself. Go watch <laughs> it now. They have Creepshow 2 on Shudder. That was the big announcement attachment. I don't know why they couldn't get the first one, but uh, they're both good. 2 is really good. 1's really good. Ger- uh, Greg Nicotero, who's the former showrunner on The Walking Dead, he just I think he just quit. He is bringing this back as an anthology series. So every episode is going to be something new. And it, lo- it, it sounds like an awesome idea. Yeah, I... Love the idea of a anthology horror show. I think Channel Zero has done it really well. And to do that episode to episode is also pretty interesting. Yeah, um, I like the idea of it being a mini horror movie every week. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it just gives so much room for, like, either established or up-and-coming directors to come in and just kind of do something, you know, a short and sweet kind of little horror short that could be really interesting since there's so many opportunities to, you know, do a different thing every episode. You don't have to have inner, you know, overarching characters or plot lines or anything. So it's it's seems like a great idea and it's cool that Shudder is the one that got the rights to it. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense that uh Greg Nicotero is on board because uh he AMC owns Shudder and he was the guy in The Walking Dead, so it all makes sense. And The Walking Dead's probably wrapping up soon. Now that the main character is leaving. Right, so, and, and the main showrunner is leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm really excited about this. I think this is... This could be a bit... This could be like Shudder's big win after Joe Bob Briggs coming back, yeah, you know? I agree. This could this could bring a lot of people over because I feel like Creepshow is pretty well-known and beloved. Yeah, and then the next thing I want to talk about is the Hellfest trailer. Did they show this before uh, Unfriended for you? Yep. Yeah, so I watched it when it dropped last week, and I thought it looked pretty good. But seeing it on the big screen, this movie visually looks great. I was really impressed with it. Yeah, it looks it's a super interesting idea. So um, just a basic rundown is Hellfest is a like horror festival, carnival that goes around uh, like haunted houses, all of that. And there's a group of teenagers that get VIP passes to go. But there's a someone in the festival that's actually murdering people. So it's like the perfect setup for a serial killer because it's supposed to look like people are getting murdered. And, you know, uh, even in the trailer at one point, they're talking to a security guard. And he's like, what, you're scared? Sorry, these people are doing their job. Like, get away from me. Yeah, and it had, it reminded me a lot of like a modern... It felt like a modern Final Destination type feel to me. And... Then they had the guy from Candyman and Final Destination in it. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, I definitely got that vibe from it too. Where it's like a bunch of teenagers kind of against the the powers that be, if you will. Where it's like <laughs> this serial killer force that's chasing them around. So yeah, uh, it looks really cool though. I'm, I'm really excited for it. Me too. And then the last two things on here. The first one is that Hulu released a Castle Rock quote-unquote documentary that's like half promo for the show but half information about how the location ties into Stephen King's works. It's like 25 minutes. I think it's pretty good. Definitely worth watching. Do you check that out? Are you going to check it out later? Um, I checked out a little bit of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. But uh, like you said, it's cool that they are kind of preemptively putting it in place so you can kind of go in with the right frame of mind um for you know what stories are going to be in it how that's going to how they're going to be connected um you know it might be smart to watch that before you actually watch a show when it drops on wednesday yeah uh i'm gonna definitely check that out on the 25th and then the last thing in the news section is that jane levy her character in the show is named jackie torrance that i thought we talked about that last week where someone commented that on one of my youtube videos i was like there's no fucking way but it is true her <laughs> name's jackie torrance which means she's probably related to you know the people from the shining in yeah um i don't know if we're gonna try to take like a doctor sleep angle where maybe she's the descendant of uh danny or what but um you know 
it, it's it's sort of a weird thing. It, it'd be weird if they just have her have her name as that and don't do anything with it. Yeah, that would be really stupid. Kind of so, like casting Bill Skarsgård as not Pennywise. <laughs> yeah, but who would do that? <laughs> but who who would do that? So it's it's so up in the air because it could just be you know them trying to nod to it because they can't get the rights or they don't want to incorporate that story, or it could be you know a pretty important plot element to the show. So at this point, we're we're just gonna have to wait and see. Yeah, I'm really excited to check that show out though. Uh, so with that, we're gonna take a quick break. And we'll be right back with our review of Unfriended Dark Web. Victor Crowley has slashed its way onto VHS. BrokeHorrorFan.com presents the fourth installment in the Hatchet franchise on nostalgic, fully functional VHS tape approved by writer-director Adam Green. Victor Crowley on VHS is limited to 500 units with three cover variants to choose from. Get your copy now at WitterEntertainment.com. That's W-I-T-T-E-R Entertainment.com. Alright guys, we are back with our review of Unfriended Dark Web, which, as you probably knew if you've been listening to the show for a while, we neither of us were very excited for, just to be totally honest. Yeah. I, I, I personally, I fucking hate the first movie. I think it's way too much credit uh, for just relying entirely on a gimmick, and I don't like pretty much anything about it. But Unfriended Dark Web really impressed me, not gonna lie. I really like this movie. Yeah, um, I was pretty impressed by how much of an improvement it was over the first one, because I'm in the same boat as you. I don't like the first one pretty much at all. I think that the only thing about it that has like any merit is just that it's a unique idea. Yeah. But um, I think this... I think uh, you and I were texting about it, and you said that this movie makes the first one feel like a proof of concept, and then this one is like what they wanted to do with it. Or like, you know, it just kind of is what they can do with this kind of... Uh, I don't even know what to call it, like genre or like style of filming. It's, yeah, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll just call it a genre. But it's it's interesting that this is kind of popping up more and more. And I think this was executed way better than the first one. You know, it it felt less of like a gimmick and more of just like an interesting way to tell this story. In, yeah, like, it, it assumes you've already bought into the gimmick. Yeah. It does not waste any time like... You're like, look how cool this is, like in the first movie. And it's directed and written by Steven Susco. I think this is his directorial debut, and he killed it. He did a really good job. So another thing I really liked about this... All right, let's do the plot synopsis first. So okay. a teen named Matthias, who's played by Colin Woodell, he comes across a laptop at the internet cafe he works at, and he may or may not have stolen it. He totally stole it. He finds out the previous owner is watching every move he makes and is actually working for a human trafficking ring in the dark net and it gets fucking crazy man (laughs) so a thing i really like about it is that this time around they didn't go with relative unknowns they went with actors that you probably know like colin woodell or rebecca rittenhouse a lot of people like her betty gabriel we just saw an upgrade she was the police officer and she was really great in that role so the weird thing about Nari is that she plays a, or the weird thing about Betty Gabriel is her character in this movie Nari is very similar to her character in Upgrade. Yeah, like she's she's a, a cop who's like too smart to know what's going on, you know. Uh-huh. Like she's not gonna have any wool pulled over her eyes. And for the most part, I liked all the characters. The only one who's kind of like and eh, to me was AJ. He got he was a little annoying, I thought. <laughs> yeah, and and I, and I guess uh, Serena Rebecca Rittenhouse's character didn't really do much. And neither did Lex. Lex I didn't dislike. She just didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of a situation where the story revolves around one character more so than, like, the other ones. So, yeah, which is, which is good. Because they tried to make it the one girl in the original Unfriended. But she never... You never, really, like, really heard her talk. Right. Uh, she was always just texting. So you... You never really felt like she was the main character, but this time around, they smartly made Matthias, who's the main character, he he does like a game night Skype call with his friends, but when he's ignoring them, he just mutes the video and kind of like dips in and out, so he's always talking, which is good, because you really connect with him as a character, but it still has that feeling like you're in his head. Right, you get his perspective more than anybody else's, but you still see this unique interaction you know, through the 
computer, how he's hanging out with his friends, what's going on. Yeah. And, and that moves the plot along. And they really do a good job of, you know, showing the plot through, you know, just like using Facebook and, you know. Yeah, this, they did a better job this time. The river that that he finds on the laptop. That's oh, like, I thought that was cool. I thought that was really cool. It's like a video game river sticks that you use to get into the dark web. And then all of the people in the dark web are called Sharons because of like the guy who rides the boat across the river sticks. I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. I thought that was all like pretty well done. Um, it, it never really came off as that cheesy. Like it, I mean, dark web stuff, human trafficking, all that is real and does happen. Yeah. Um, so, and, and <laughs> one word that you've been using to describe this movie is just mean. Like it is, <laughs> they pull no punches in this movie. They are as ruthless as they possibly can be all the way through. Yeah, dude, this movie's evil. And one of the big things with it that they're really not capitalizing on as much as they could is the fact that it has two endings. So, like, I could go to the theater and get a completely different ending than you. And they're both mean, but the one we got is way meaner. Like, it it's the it's it pulls no punches. But the other one is kind of like... Well, this person lived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like you said, that's a really weird um, feature of the movie that I hadn't even heard about until you told me. Like, yeah. I hadn't heard any anything about this movie having two endings. After, Why did they release it on Comic-Con weekend when there's so much other news to bury it? <laughs> like, come on. That is a genuinely cool thing because... It doesn't really change the movie. The out, the overall outcome for all of the characters is the same. But one character arguably ends up in a better spot, but it's still a bad spot. Right. I don't want to, like, spoil anything. But this movie, dude, it is fucking mean and evil. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean... It is dark. I, but it's fun. It is a really fun attitude. And the, they set it up. Like, this kid, Matthias, fucks over all of his friends. By stealing this laptop. Right. And watching this guilt just pour on him through this entire movie is insanely fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, one thing that I think is extremely improved over the first movie is just how much better the actors are in this one. Yeah. Um, with the Seriously, exception of, like, of oh AJ, I, I think that he he's a little over the top. Yeah. But, um, I, I just didn't like the actor that much either. I don't think he really sold it. No, and it just, it didn't really fit. I thought that, I mean, he has one of the better... Uh, He's the best death. Yeah, he has the, the best death in the movie. <laughs> like, but... one of the best on-screen horror deaths <laughs> I've seen in a while. Like, I thought that was smart as fuck, the way yeah, they did that. some of the things they do are just so like, clever. When the little pointer is, like, circling yeah. around the place, I was dying. I was, like, laughing my ass off, dude. That was so funny and just great. Uh, my favorite character was uh, Damon. Andrew Lee's character, the British guy. Yeah, he was he's, really cool. He sold his performance. Like he, that guy did a great job. Yeah, I think I he killed it. He did really well. Um, he's kind of like the intelligent, like tech user guy who mm-hmm. lives in the in London, and you know he has all these like servers and stuff. You can tell he like works as probably a programmer somewhere. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, he hit the jargon was really good this time around. I think they screwed it up a little bit in the last one and made it cringy. But this time they made they did their research, they checked their facts, and they made sure that the actors involved knew what they sounded like they knew what they were talking about when they would talk about tech jargon and stuff. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no one ever came off sounding like they were dumb or like they had said a word they'd never heard before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like they could talk about IP addresses and the dark web and you know, uh, routing, like, your IP address through other countries so that you can't be tracked and stuff. And uh, I think that it's a topic that is kind of maybe hard to understand for some people. You know, if you've never been, if you've never heard of the dark web before, you've never, you know, had any kind of experience with it. I think this movie is a, does a good enough job of explaining what it is to where you can jump in and just be like, okay, I get it. Like, now we can move on. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think I want an unrated version. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they had some extra footage since, um, you know, like, 
one of the, like you said, one of the main things that they do is they find all these snuff films on the computer that, you know, could, you could easily just put in a few more that would be disturbing or, like, let them play out all the way. Um, maybe not all the way since some of them are, like, like 30 minutes in length, but... Yeah, well, there's <laughs> one where a girl's, like, in a bathtub type thing or a hole in the ground, and there's a corrosive acid bucket that's, like, tipping, tipping, and you're like... Oh shit! <laughs> They're gonna pour acid on her. That's crazy. Uh, the The makeup effects at the there's a spot towards the end where there's some gore, and when I realized what that was and who that character was, I was like, "Oh, god, that's gross." <laughs> Did that get you? Yeah it it's sort of interesting because they they foreshadow it a little bit earlier in the movie. Uh huh. Um, but I I agree that I, I'm not sure if it was like. I think the idea of it is gross, and, like, once you yeah. know what it is, it's gross, but I think it could have been done better. Yeah, yeah, it, it, I, I just, I was into it at that point, like, the movie, and then when I realized who and what that was, I was like, oh, gross. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from there. Uh, it, it is really, it's shocking, because it's something that you would never expect to see, and, like, yeah. you wouldn't really think of, but, um... Overall, I thought that like all the deaths were pretty good, um, and the it was well acted. I think that the plot was good enough to kind of keep you going. Um, I, I I don't think it was like an amazing movie, but it kept my attention, and I I liked it overall. Yeah, like compared to Happy Death Day, it's I think it's a better movie than that. You know, like Happy Death Day is a good movie. Because the characters are good, but in terms of being a horror movie, it kind of isn't that great. This one's a pretty good horror movie. I think if you go into it in the, with the mindset of, like, I'm going to buy into what this movie's gimmick is, I think it's impossible not to have a good time with it. I think they just they do exactly enough to make it a better movie than the first one in almost every way. And it's just fun. It, it hits the same vibe as Final Destination, you know? Like, or it's just a blast. Yeah, I... <laughs> I totally get that feel from it where it's, you know, it's a bunch of teenagers against this <laughs> unstoppable force. And when they really want to get you, they'll get you. And it, it doesn't pull. I like punches. that uh, they were real people this time around and not a ghost. Yeah, I, I think that's way smarter to have it be an, a real external force acting on them rather than a ghost that haunts their Skype messages. Yeah, like, come on, dude. <laughs> and I, I like uh, the effect of the dude hex like sending them sending the blacked out messages on <laughs> facebook and then it's like and like they disappear i thought that was kind of cool so guys the dark web actually just got us my computer <laughs> shut off while we were talking about this movie and i turned it on everything was saved thank god but damn that was creepy but what i was talking about before it shut down was <laughs> the amaya is a character in this movie who's Matthias's girlfriend. She's kind of like the MacGuffin. She is reduced to a MacGuffin. She's not a character whatsoever. And having her be deaf was just kind of like... It just felt like an extra step that they used kind of interestingly, but I wish they would have not used it to... Boy to like, I wish if they were going to make her a deaf character, they would have made her a character rather than just make her a MacGuffin slash plot point. You know? Does that make sense? It just felt like a little disingenuous. Yeah, because... Like, kind of scummy. It's just sort of weird, because it's like... Okay, like, if I had a deaf significant other, like, the last thing I would do is try to Skype them constantly to, like, yeah. make them understand what I'm trying to say. Like, if they can... If you can easily communicate in another way, why wouldn't that be your preferred method? Why would you try to Skype someone if you can't understand the other person through visuals or audio? Um, right. So that just seemed kind of weird and <laughs> like it, it just didn't make sense logically why that would be like a, a big issue or like a breaking point you know what i mean yeah totally uh it's just it just felt like i felt like they wanted to do more with her but then they were like we don't have a lot of money on this movie and we just gotta figure out a way to like keep matthias hooked you know we right. gotta keep matthias really involved in this they did a better job at making it seem like the lead cared about their significant other in this movie than the last one, but I still don't think they did a great job overall. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, it could have been done better. I don't really know. They could have just made her maybe not deaf. or yeah. Like, you don't really lose a lot by doing that. Yeah, I mean, they could have wrote around it a different way. Um, it just didn't really feel like that. I mean, it wasn't like a clever writing tool or anything. Like they never used it in an interesting way. It was just kind of like... Oh, she's weird, deaf. Yep, it was just kind of a weird like hurdle that the movie <laughs> carries with it the whole time. It's her. The importance of her character being deaf varies based on what ending you you get. I will say that, and the ending we didn't get uses her deafness in a very clever way that is also very mean. Once yep. again, <laughs> so I don't know. I just I like so overall. I'd give this movie a seven out of ten. You know, it's a good time. They executed well on the. Uh, concept of filming through a computer they did a better job than the original they improved on the original in almost every way it's acted well it has some good scares and some good kills it has a few shortcomings but overall i think they made good on the concept that they introduced in the last movie that they totally botched in my opinion the first time around yeah i agree i think it's a massive improvement over the first one so if you like the first one even in iota then you owe it to yourself to go see this one and, um, yeah. I mean, e- even if you're just kind of interested in this subject, this plot, I- I'd say go see it because it's interesting and it's pretty well executed. Um, yeah, so I- I'd probably give it like a 6.65, but I-, I liked it. Yeah. I'd recommend go seeing it. And if you like the idea of it, you should definitely check out The Den. I'm sure that's streaming somewhere. It does a- it has it's- This movie is very similar to The Den in a lot of ways. But I think The Den is overall a better movie. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I think out of the few movies in this genre, this like computer POV, I think The Den is still number one. This didn't dethrone that. But, yeah, no. Um, I would say that this is not... That doesn't mean this is a bad movie. I think it does uh, the genre way better than it did the first time around, and I think it's worth seeing for sure. Yeah, and I, I think this one's definitely worth checking out in theaters because it's... I thought it was, like, a distributed by someone else, you know, like, distributed by a bigger company. But Blumhouse... This is a Blumhouse tilt movie, so they did it all in-house. Uh, so I think it's definitely worth checking out, and I think we should reward the fact that they improved on the first one massively. Like, and it's I think it's worth indulging them a little bit and going and seeing it in the movie theater. Because the gimmick of getting two different endings, I think, is fun, you know? Yeah, and that's something they should have hyped up a bit more. Um, but yeah. I, I mean, but I digress. I think that is really interesting, and that's just a really cool, unique feature of the movie that I think, um, at least, I don't know, I'm not just saying you have to go and see it twice to hopefully get the other ending, but I think that's an interesting enough element to the movie where it deserves you at least going to see it in the theaters once. Yeah, and you know what? I kind of liked it enough to where I'd like to see that other ending, and I have a movie pass, so I might go see it again. Because why not? <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of great horror stuff out right now in the theater, so... Right. I might go check it out again. And it has a reference to the game Soma, which I think is pretty cool. Like, <laughs> if you want to have... Damon has a Soma poster on his wall, and not only did they do a better job at referencing Soma than they did referencing Halloween in uh, The Purge, uh, <laughs> they picked the right character to do it this time. You know, it didn't feel tacked on in any way. It was just like, it made sense. And I thought that was cool, because that game's really good. And I don't think it really got as much hype as it deserved when it came mm-hmm. out. Like, that game's fucking awesome. So I thought that was a cool nod to a game that came out in 2015, you know? Like, <laughs> right, someone like, was an actual fan of that game. Yeah, exactly. Like, you wouldn't put that up unless someone, you know, had played Soma, was also working in the movie. Yeah, so that's all we got this week. I really liked Unfriended Dark Web. Probably going to see it again. And uh, some housekeeping here. If you guys, any of you guys are going to the Midsummer Scream convention this weekend down in Long Beach, I'm going to be there both days, I think. So if you see me, feel free to come up and say hi. And uh, I hope to see you there. Unfortunately, George can't join me. No, I, I just uh, I just went to Nashville for like four days, so I can't really go all the way to California now after just getting back. <laughs> Is your brain like operating correctly? 
Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a huge time difference, but I'm definitely still in vacation. I meant mode. from like, did you drink a lot of alcohol? Oh, oh yeah, yes, yes. Did you, did you bring me back some Yingling? I have some Yingling. Don't worry. You, you better fucking save it for Christmas. <laughs> I swear to God, if you drink it all before I come back, I'm gonna be pissed. I love Yingling, you guys. You can't get it in California, and you can't get it in Michigan. My, I, the only reason I know about it is because one of my college roommates went down to like West Virginia or some shit. For a Christmas break to meet up with his girlfriend from Poland, which is a whole thing. <laughs> and he brought back Yingling and I loved it. It's funny. Uh, one of my buddies around here says that uh, he, he visits New York kind of frequently for uh, business. And he said that when he gives, when he goes out with some of his like work friends from there and he orders Yingling, they're like, why would you ever get that? It's like the cheap, shitty college beer. Like, get something better. And he's like, it's exotic. Like, I can't get it, so I have to get it when I can. And it's good. <laughs> who the fuck doesn't like Yingling, dude? <laughs> buttheads, that's who. <laughs> A bunch of buttheads. Yeah, so feel free to email us your thoughts on Yingling to podcast at fearfrequencygmail.com. That's not it at all. That's not it. What, that's what's, <laughs> our, what's our email? <laughs> Podcast at gmail.com only email us if you have something to say about yingling i'm dead fucking serious <laughs> if i get one email about unfriended dark web i'm gonna be pissed i'm gonna be real mad george <laughs> this is a yingling only podcast from now yeah on. from now no, but seriously let us know what ending you got uh in unfriended dark web and, and let us know which one you like like we're let us know if you're disappointed with your ending or if you're happy with it and we will definitely read your email on the show next week uh even though i just realized that neither of us have notifications on for that email address so <laughs> let's you want to check right now george in this little after show and see if we have anything to read on the air uh yeah let's check the fear frequency gmail let's give it a quick quick look this, this is for the real fans because as you guys have probably noticed, we're trying to have a more produced show that's, like, more fun and, like, actually our podcast. Uh, so, mm. we're putting all this fun shit at the end. No, I don't really see anything anything from a fan. We just, uh, you know, just some stuff about getting on uh, Spotify and stuff like that, so. Yeah, Wenbin Fang built a tool called Listen Notes. Good for him. Yeah, that's the only email in there. <laughs> I don't know what he thinks about Yingling. No, you know, I'm not, I don't see one thing about Yingling in here. Not a single thing. Guys, send us your Yingling fan art. <laughs> <laughs> Please. What do you what do you got going on this weekend, George? You doing anything fun for your birthday? Um, I don't really have anything planned yet, uh but I'm I'm probably just gonna, you know, do a casual whole fifth, you know, something something easy. <laughs> you took me by surprise with that one. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Ah, uh, yeah, that's hilarious. Well, I think Long Beach is kind of near Anaheim, so my plan is to stop at Disneyland on the way back both nights from Midsummer Scream. Man, I love Disneyland. Me too. Place. I haven't been in a little bit, uh, but I'm excited to go check it out. See, I want to see the new Pixar Pier they just opened up. Do they have um, any special summer thing going on, or is it still just Pixar Fest? It's Pixar Fest, but they opened up the renovated part of California Adventure that they were working on when you were here. Oh, okay. And they have like a new bar, they have new restaurants, and uh, the the California Screaming Roller Coaster is now the Incredicoaster. Oh, and, nice. Uh, Give it a little some skin other shit. for Incredibles. Yeah, so I'll probably go check that out this weekend after Midsummer Scream, depending on how tired I am. I don't really know what's going on at Midsummer Scream. The only thing I really want to see is uh, the Shockwaves live. You know, uh, Ryan Turk from Blumhouse is going to be uh-huh. there. And Ryan Turk's bringing his Slashback Video pop-up video store there. So I want to see that again. Because when I saw it at the Nerdist Halloween party, it was it was like kind of torn down for the party. They mm-hmm. moved all the stuff out of the way, but I could see the shell of the video store, and it looked awesome. And they had a bunch of Fright Rags merch there. So if I can get Fright Rags t-shirts at Ryan Turek slashback video, 
without having to pay their shipping, I will be very happy. Yeah. <laughs> you get wrecked on their shipping. For sure. Because, like, like, I don't mind paying 25 bucks for a t-shirt, you know? But 30 bucks, $32 after shipping for a t-shirt, that's when I'm, I'm like, man, I really... I, do I really want this? I yeah. usually buy it because it, it, I'm stupid, but like, <laughs> but it gives you at least one second of like doubt where you're like, do I really need this yeah. $32 baseball tee? I'm like, yeah, yeah Ben makes you're great like, Oops, shit. I already bought it while I was thinking about it. <laughs> I want to support him. I'm like, <laughs> I could take the, the $7 I'm spending on shipping and put it in a little piggy bank so I could pay for the life-size Michael Myers one day. <laughs> but then I just one. buy the t-shirt. Yeah. So sadly, gets put off another day the right, giant guys. life-size michael myers i'm gonna go edit this podcast <laughs> thanks for listening george you want to bring us home yeah uh as always come back next week for more horror news and reviews and you never know who might be listening <laughs>